Market Scale is coming at you from Amsterdam, covering Integrated Systems Europe, the world's largest exhibition for AV and systems integration professionals. Dark Envy, or as we say in English, here we go. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Overseas at ISE. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And welcome to our day three episode of our ISE podcast, Straight from Amsterdam. I'm still based out of Dallas, but we've got feet on the ground. Tyler Kern, our B2B media producer, has been soaking in that European lifestyle. And uh, I feel like he's going to come back even more fashion forward than he already is, which is exciting for me. I need to pick up some of those Euro fashion tips. I'm always trying to stay trendy. You know how that goes. But y'all, day three probably had some of the best interviews that Tyler managed to grab from the show floor. We're going to get to hear from Tim Albright of AV Nation. We're going to get to hear from the managing director of ISE, Mr. Mike Blackman. Plus, we're going to get some more authentic man-on-the-street content from people just enjoying the city, comparing it to some of the other European hotspots, and getting a feel for who has better beer, Israel or the Netherlands. Ooh, that's going to be a hot debate, and I'm ready to jump into that here in a sec. Before we get to Tyler's content, I just wanted to shout out a company that I think is doing some really, really cool stuff at ISC this year, and that would be Bose. Their uh, professional B2B speaker solutions, I think, are really impressing at ISC this year. And it's not like Bose doesn't have experience in the B2B world, but a lot of their main business does come from the Bluetooth speaker, from the headphones, you know, the, the consumer products. And I think what we're seeing this year for their business music systems is incredible. They are expanding their portfolio beyond what was ever imagined. We're getting redesigned loudspeakers, controllers, software, large scale, small scale, you name it. I think the coolest one is they're debuting 12 new models of their Design Max loudspeakers, which are meant to bring flexibility and high quality audio to any commercial space. Not only are they easy to install, but I think my favorite part is that they have smart amplifiers and digital sound processors built in. So you're getting speakers that are responsive to the environment. They're detecting, hey, can people actually hear the music coming out of me right now? If they could talk, that's probably what they would say. And I think it's that AI implementation into the audio world of AV that is really hyping me up. I'm really looking forward to seeing how AI continues to make smart speakers, smart video screens, smart networks even smarter. So if you're at ISE right now and you have a chance to check out Bose's booth, you definitely should. Send me some pics, tag MarketScale on Twitter, because I'd love to see some of those really, really cool speakers in action. All right, y'all, let's cut to the chase. It's time for Tyler's ISE content. You're not going to want to miss these interviews. We chat with Mike Blackman. He's the managing director of ISE to get his impressions on the show so far and how they're measuring success. And we get a look at the future of the show in Barcelona, which... Heads up, I'm already claiming that, Tyler. If you're listening to this, I am going to Barcelona in 2021. I called it. Done. That's how it works. Dibs. Our next interview with Tim Albright. He's the founder of AV Nation. And Tim spoke with Tyler on day three of ISC to chat big trends of the show. Obviously, he's had a finger on the pulse of big trends in AV for years now, so he knows exactly what's really going to stick. Plus, he gives us some Amsterdam travel tips, always necessary when you're checking out a beautiful city like Amsterdam. We're also going to be hearing from companies like Adina, 
Prima and Fabermex systems, exploring things like video conferencing and streaming, large interactive screens that are built into tables, and we get the managing director of Fabermex Systems to explain HD Base T to Tyler like he was a five-year-old. So you don't want to miss that. Plus, how can we not just have a little fun asking people their thoughts on the city, right? I mean, Amsterdam's so gorgeous, they must be enjoying themselves. So we get to chat with some people from France, some people from Israel, getting a feel for how does this compare to Paris? Is the food in Amsterdam all it's cracked up to be? And we're comparing the beers of Israel and Netherlands. That's the hot debate of today's podcast. So let's jump in y'all let's start with our big hitter we're gonna chat with mike blackman managing director of ise here's tyler with that content we're here with mike blackman the managing director of integrated systems europe thank you so much for having us yeah thank you for joining us tyler appreciate it absolutely it's been an incredible event so far assess it from your perspective just as the man in charge uh, how do you assess an event like this well you know we set certain goals that we want to achieve and they you know, some of the early goals, the number of exhibitors and the amount of space we sell. But then when we're here, it's not only the number of attendees, but the days they come, what they do. We put a lot of content on uh, to actually help satisfy the attendees. So if you can imagine a trade show being like a magazine, you've got the advertising uh, being the exhibitors and you need some editorial content. And right. we as the organizers are, are responsible for that. And it's always difficult trying to choose exactly the right things that satisfy attendees. So we have a lot of education, we have a lot of professional development, we have free sessions, we have features, uh, screens, um, uh, showing how you can present content. Right. content. We have outside, we have 3D mapping, we have got, got the, the sculpture from uh, Bart Kraser. Uh, yeah. Uh, he premiered that last night. We have the new hotel next door, the Rye Hotel, where we're project, projection mapping on the hotel fa facade. Um, so these are, the, these are the editorial parts of the show where we try to actually give inspiration to the attendees of what's possible. Absolutely, and some of that stuff has been amazing. I saw the hotel last night. Yeah. It was beautiful. It, it was a fantastic great. achievement. Yeah. We're working with two, two companies, well, we're working with a group of companies. Lang mm -hmm. is our sort of AV supplier for all the big uh, presentations we have here. Um, so they put in the projectors um, supported by Panasonic with that. Mm -hmm. Then um, we brought in uh, Green Hippo and, right. uh, and Ten Feet to work on the content, but then we found out we had to actually coat the windows. So one of the other companies, Pro Display, actually did the coatings for the windows so it could actually get the reflection. So it's a really good concerted effort to actually make that happen. We're pleased. Absolutely. We're really, really over the moon with the result. It looks incredible, especially yeah. at night, just walking back over to uh, where I took the Metro in. Yeah. It looked phenomenal. Uh, just in your mind, what are some of the themes of this year's show as you have uh, seen exhibits and seen some of the exhibitors and that sort of thing, uh, and as you put the show together, what were some of the main themes in in your mind that you thought people are going to be really interested in hearing about this? Well, um, there are certain themes that we create ourselves. So we put in the conferences. We have digital signage. Yeah. We have digital cinema, uh, smart building. Um, we have, I have to think always, uh, um, hotel and hospitality, yeah. uh, entertainment, live events. So a host of different uh, themes that we present to try and interest uh, the uh, end users coming here. But you see the own initi initiative from the exhibitors themselves. So what you'll see on a lot of the ex ex exhibits at the show is 3D mapping this year. Right. That's really come out big. But 
You know, when you actually go and see the standard of design from the exhibits, the booths, what the manufacturers are actually doing, it's phenomenal. Yeah. You go in, in the halls and see how much effort, how, how much creativity has gone into that. Uh, it fascinates me always. Does the development in that, in just crafting a booth, has that really fascinated you over the years? Just no, as absolutely. you've seen this happen year after yeah. year, the booths get more extravagant, yeah. bigger. And we do something else as well. We work with Exhibit, Exhibitor Magazine uh, from the US, and we run a, run a stand design awards. Now, no one has to pay entry into it or anything like that, but Exhibitor Magazine goes around and they look at every single booth at the show with a group of judges. There are a couple of architects on that, there are a couple of exhibition um, uh, people, uh, people who are actually running shows, um, and they go around and say, okay, they classify the booths and certain criteria, design, usefulness, uh, how it's working, etc. And uh, this is something which, uh, um, you know, they put a scaling on that, and then they judge the best booths in different categories of size. And that's also encouraging the, the booth design people within the companies to really go the extra leg. Sure, yeah, that's so. it's incredible to see just the way that Take the last one again. We the guy, yeah, I know. I saw him. I, I watched him. I thought, did he do that purposely, or did you really not notice? <laughs> I think so. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we need to start again? From with the design magazine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, ready? We 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 run um, uh, a booth design competition. We work with the Exhibitor Magazine from the U.S. And they bring a group of judges here, and they go around and they look at every single exhibit space and they categorize, they, they judge it on certain criteria, you know, how effective is the use and design, the design itself, the elements they've done, creativity. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, the exhibit event managers in uh, the companies are going the extra leg now to try and win this. It's incredible. So. Yeah, it's a prestigious award. I Absolutely, mean, yeah. yeah. There's some amazing booths. I yeah. mean, we've walked around all over the place and seen yeah. some really incredible setups. So, yeah, people are really going the extra mile and, yeah. and getting creative with how they are interacting with people, and that's really great to see. Um, people, I think, come to a show like this, and it's, it's four days out of their year. But for you, this is... 365 days. 365 days a year. Actually, it's longer. We, we actually start the preparation. Yeah. We started the, the preparation for IC 2020 in September. That's incredible. So uh, give people an idea of what, what the preparation like that entails for well, people like you who are well, the first on thing, the clock. The first thing, we look at our, our whole um, branding and targeting. Mm -hmm. Then we look at the floor design, You know how much space we've got here, where that space is going to be. Um, how, how we laid it out. And then we start talking in December to our top uh, 100 exhibitors, mm -hmm. working out what their requirements are so we can plan the floor space. And actually, some of them are actually signing their contracts that early wow. Wow. Uh, for the following year. And uh, because they've been here a long time, they know pretty well what the results are likely to be and uh, pretty com uh, committed to being at the show. So they want to get in early and fix that space. Sure. Then um, we start some of the initial, you know, we have to think where are the features going, what goes where on the show floor, and put that in place. So, and then we do a mail out at the end of December to all of the exhibitors saying, that's how it's gonna look next year. Um, so they're prepared. Then when they're here, uh, they get a couple of days at the show, and after the second day, they come back and start rebooking for the following year. Wow, yeah, So yeah. a lot of things we still leave till after the show. Mm -hmm. You know, we sit down as a team uh, after every exhibition and we do an analysis of what was good, what worked, what didn't work, why didn't it work or right. why didn't we think it worked, uh, can it be improved or should we ditch it, 
Uh, and we do, it, we do that on every single aspect. We dissect the show, really look to see what we can improve, what we can change, what can we do better. We talk with our, uh, we have an advisory committee uh, made up of uh, quite a few exhibitors. And we talk to them about what are the trends, um, who are the new sectors of uh, you know, type of attendees that we need to be targeting uh, for the exhibition and um, you know, put that sort of thing into place to start our planning. So yeah. quite a lot goes on. A lot goes on. And you yeah. mentioned 2020, already planning ahead for that. But already you, you've announced that in 2021, the show's moving to Barcelona. Yeah, that's uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, Amsterdam's been an amazing partner for you. But what's mm. behind just the idea of, of going to a new location? You know, as I say, Amsterdam has been really, really good yeah. uh, as a city and this venue. And uh, this, this venue has contributed towards our success, the venue and the city. Yeah. Um, but as you can see, we've run out of space. We, we started putting uh, temporary structures around to accommodate more space, but now we've maxed out what we can do there. Um, but not only that, the amount of attendees we have in here, I mean, look at this, you see we're middle of the afternoon and people are still streaming in. It's back to the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, you know, we're, 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 we're really bending the borders on this uh, facility. Yeah. And um, it's a shame because it's worked for us. But we said, okay, we've got to the stage where we have to find somewhere else where we can grow. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that's the reasoning behind it. Otherwise, we would stay here. Um, we think we found, we believe we found a very good venue to go to with Barcelona. It's a cool city. Yeah. Uh, the venue is brand new, well, newish and uh, uh, really fits to what we as a show need. Uh, and will give us a chance to develop some new things and new ways in which we approach not only what we do for our exhibitors, but what we do for our attendees as well. Excellent. Well, Mike, kudos on a great event. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so for having us and thank great. you for the time. Tyler, thank you too. Thanks oh, for visiting. Always good to chat. Thank you. I'm talking to Tim Albright from AV Nation. Tim, thank you so much for the time today, man. Absolutely, sir. So what have been your general impressions of the show, general themes, I guess, that have stood out to you, whether it's just walking through and seeing uh, a lot of booths that are focusing on one thing? Anything stand out to you just as a, as a general theme of uh, ISC 2019? Uh, general theme is next gen, uh, next generation of existing products, next generation of existing technologies. Um, you have folks uh, that are taking tried and true uh, products um, that have a lot of name recognition, that have a lot of, a lot of legacy um, equity in, in the AV industry, things like Christie's Microtiles and the, what they've redone with that, uh, and they've reimagined them, right? Um, Crash on taking NVX and updating it actually right before the show, but they're showing it here. Um, you've got folks that are taking what they do well and they're stepping it up uh, a little bit and, and bringing it out to, to a, new, uh, a new generation of technology. You saying that kind of reminds me, I was walking by, I think the Maxo booth, um, and I was looking at their logo, I was like, I know that logo, and it's from all of the cassette tapes I used to you know, have and like record stuff on cassette tapes, uh, which is a very old fashioned sentence that now I realize, but they have a booth you know, where you roll a bowling ball down an alley, you know, and uh, it shows up on a virtual screen, and I thought, those guys are doing this now you know uh it's kind of incredible just seeing how people have evolved uh certain things and certain technologies um and kind of taken things into uh, a new realm and a new a new new step i suppose um what have been some of your favorite boosters as you walked around uh, whether it's interactive or just a good way of displaying products and that sort of thing um i'll go back to christy for a second that that display that that there's their booth in general because i'm i'm still a video guy and I love the visuals of it. Um, 
Hall 8 in general here at ISC is, is uh, referred to as the DOH, the Digital Out of Home Hall. Uh, and there are going to be several LED displays um, throughout there. Panasonic typically has something unique. Last couple of years, they've had moving robot arms with projectors on the end. This year, they have a, an interesting dome that they're shooting uh, projection mapping on. Um, that one is is absolutely phenomenal. And then you go from 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 the visual, you know, oh my gosh, that's cool stuff, to the the, the business side. Um, this is the first year that Lagrand AV is combined into one into one booth into one stand. Um, a year and a half ago, Lagrand purchased Milestone, which encompasses, you know, uh, Daylight and Projecta and, and Chief and, and um, Vadio. Lagrand owned, you know, Middle Atlantic and Nuvo and, and Luxel and some other brands. Um, they were in Hall One. The Milestone folks were in Hall Two. Um, well, since they're all one company now, it makes sense that they're going to join in one booth. So that seeing that transformation of their two booths coming into one uh, and seeing how they were able to pull that off and, and, and really kind of showcase how those different brands are interacting with each other. For me, as somebody who is a student and a lover of this industry, it was neat for me to see how they were able to come together and, and kind of showcase um, how they work together. Yeah. I think I, I look around at some of uh, the technology, whether it's uh, curved LEDs or, or something along those lines, uh, transparent LED over at the LG booth, um, things like that. And I think um, this is incredible stuff, but I wonder uh, if a show like this is necessary so that um, people get an idea of what's possible and so then uh, the ideas that uh, the market has can catch up with the technology that's coming out. Um, I just wonder uh, your thoughts on how beneficial a show like this can be to actually get get mm, that kind of technology out into the market a little bit more so that people understand, oh, hey, this is possible, and start to have ideas of how that can actually function into a certain space. Something that Avixa, half the owner of, of, of the ISC show, has trumpeted for, I'm going to say four years, and I could be wrong about that, is the idea of experience. Uh, the experience, the experience, the AV experience. Um, you have folks here, I want to say 40%, I could be off on that, 40% of the attendees here are end user-ish. Um, I have a buddy who works at a, a medical college in, in London, he's here every year. He's able to come here and see what's new and what's next for his installation. You also have creatives uh, like Brian Mazaros from Open9 Global who they deal in experience, right? They help their clients realize something crazy and unique and, and, and interactive. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's even more than just digital signage, right? It's, it's, it's an actual interactive experience. And so he's able to come here and see what's new and what's next. So their creative brain juices can say, okay, this is my, this is my crazy idea. Is it even physically possible from a technology, from a technology standpoint? You know, five years ago, if somebody said, "You know what? I want to, I want to put this installation, but I want to be, I want, I want a, a, a transparent LED. I want, I want the vi the video to be transparent, so we can put something behind it and have almost a, like a layered effect, right? Yeah. Old Disney, um, Disney animation type effect. Mm. You couldn't do that ten years ago. It was, it was impossible. And if you had that idea today, you could. Mm. Uh, you could talk to LG and some other folks that are actually, try, you know putting that out there and saying, you know, here's, here's our next generation, here's our idea for stuff like that. So I think it's important that the folks that are actually signing the checks and saying this is what I want can 
realize, at least on, on the surface, yeah, it's it's physically possible. We just got to get there. Yeah. A show like this, like I, I come to it and I walk around and I, I feel like I don't even begin to scratch the surface. How do you <laughs> how do you approach a show like this so that you uh, can see it from as many angles as possible? Um, or do you try to focus in on one specific area and say, you know, this is kind of what I think is the big thing. I'm going to take it in from this perspective. I will qualify this by saying currently, because we're at the Rye. Uh, in two years, we're going to be at, at Barcelona. The Rye specifically, I look as two separate two separate halls and use Hall 14 as the kind of the dividing line. So on the right-hand side, as you're looking at it from straight on, you got Hall 1, what, Hall 3, 7, 6, 5, and, um, 6 and 5. The other halls are like you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 8, uh, and 9. And... I tackle them on different days. You have to. You have to split up this this space. You have to split up this building and this show from a geographic standpoint. Otherwise, you're going to get lost and your feet are going to hurt and your back's going to hurt by the end of day one. Because uh, you can't run back and forth. You really you, you cannot be efficient with your time. Um, that being said, there Rye has done a really good job of and ISC has done a really good job of segmenting things. You know, that here's the digital out of home section. Here's the audio section. Here's you know this hall, and you can go to um, different halls and say, okay, this is what I'm, I'm going to spend the next hour, the next two hours, focusing on you know audio and speakers or DSPs or you know um, unified communications. You know, um, over in hall 11, I want to say. Um, you can kind of get your brain in that mindset. And I want to learn all about the latest in UC. I'm going to talk to a bunch of people for the next hour or so. That makes sense. So this is the fourth year, I think, is what you said earlier, that you've been covering ISE coming to Amsterdam. Uh, we'll finish on a little bit lighter note. What are some travel tips uh, for anybody coming to Amsterdam? What do they need to do? What do they need to see uh, if they're coming to ISE next year? Don't land on the same day you start. Noted. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Amsterdam specifically is, is an incredible town. Um, yeah, it's February, um, and yeah, there are going to be more uh, gray days than not, but it's a gorgeous town. It's a gorgeous city. Um, if you're a foodie, knock yourself out. There is every kind of cuisine here. Um, just you go up and down the street, no big deal. Um, definitely make your way down to Central Station. Uh, it's, it's kind of the center of the, of the city in my head. I'm not sure what the, the, the Dutch think of that, but I think it's the center of the city, uh, me being a big dumb American. Um, but from there, you can see all this great architecture and, and, and everything. Um, get yourself a Metro Pass for as long as you're here. Um, the tr transit system in Amsterdam is absolutely phenomenal. You can darn near get anywhere you need. Um, there are times, certainly, where Uber and, tra and, and taxis are going to be necessary because you're, you're in a hurry, what have you. We have to get from one point to another. But the transit system is, is incredible. Um, and it, it kind of map yourself out. If you're coming to this show, you, you need to have a plan, just like any, any, any trade show. But this one, I think, even more so because of the segmentedness of the different halls. Um, somebody that gave me a piece of advice the first year we went and said, really kind of take a look at, at where you're going uh, and, and where you're headed. Um, and the other piece of advice is uh, is straight from Mike Blackman, uh, the executive director of ISC. Give yourself a day in Amsterdam. Um, you know, yes, we all have travel schedules and we have budgets and this, that, and there. But if you can afford it and you can swing it, give yourself a day where you're not going to a meeting. You're, you know, whether this is on the front end or the back end of your trip, 
to really kind of explore this city because it really is quite beautiful and it is quite unique. Um, so yeah, give yourself the ability to, to be a tourist for a day. What's the saying? Uh, everybody has a plane until you get punched in the mouth. That was me. Uh, when I walked in, I thought, I've got a plane. And then I walked in and saw the show on the first day and thought, I have no plan. <laughs> this is way bigger and way crazier than I thought. So I uh, have to adjust for the, for the future. But uh, hey, Tim, I appreciate the time this morning. Anytime, sir. All right, we're here with Edgar Morales of Adena. And they are uh, doing some really interesting stuff here with uh, the ability to live stream here at ISE here in Amsterdam today. Uh, Edgar, tell us a little bit more about what we have here and what we're looking at. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so you have mentioned already, actually, this is a solution for recording and at the same time doing live streaming. And actually, it doesn't end up there. You can also do live switching of your different video inputs just by pressing a few buttons in your media station. You can see from here that the video live uh, switching is done smoothly. Now for the recording and streaming, it's also quite simple. You just need to press right here on the recording button. And now you can see that there is a recording uh, ongoing. This is really impressive. So you can really see how this could be used for meetings, uh, for somebody that's presenting, uh, maybe from uh, a remote location, right? So you're based in Taiwan. Uh, and I'm in the United States. If we were going to have a meeting, uh, I could have this technology and then uh, I could show you what's on my computer and then switch back and then you could see me and that sort of thing. Well, that's exactly what we do. And if you don't mind, if you're in the States and I'm in Taiwan, please uh, let's do it in a time which is appropriate for both of us. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the advantage of our system is that besides uh, recording this meeting for you, and besides uh, live streaming this meeting for you, there is also the possibility of doing some remarks of the oh, meeting yeah. in real time. So also, if you wanna if you wanna have some feedback with me, it's also possible to do so, and I can actually call you just by pressing right here. And if you have one system installed in your location, then I can call you like this. Right now, we are in the middle of a call. You can see uh, in the remote location it is uh, calling right now. Unfortunately, nobody's picking up <laughs> because everybody's busy. Yeah, you're over here talking to me. Well, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, right now what we have in here is a solution for recording, streaming, and real-time collaboration. It's unique in the market, I can tell you that. So with eSports becoming a big thing, a lot of people want to stream what they're playing, the video games that they're playing on Twitch or something like that. This could interact with their gaming system, yeah, or their TV, and then show what's on the TV and then cut back and maybe show them as they're playing a game. Do you see it being useful in that, that functionality as well? Of course, of course. It's, uh, well, it's mostly used for the educational and corporate market, but also for events and for uh, live streaming the video games coming from the console is also a possibility. Since uh, this device will actually accept any video input coming from HDMI or VGA video sources. So if your video game is using VHDMI, this is the device you want to use. That's really awesome. And then you could also see this being used in an uh, educational sense, so for a professor or something like that uh, in a classroom. But you also have a, a device that uh, somebody can wear that then allows the camera to track them so they can walk back and forth and display different things. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Actually, we have a, so a solution called the auto tracking camera. Uh, the auto tracking camera will actually follow a small device via hardware. This device is called the positioner, and it does not require any settings whatsoever. You just need to turn on the positioner, and then the camera will follow you. Plus, the positioner can also be a microphone. That's really impressive. So, kind of an all-in-one solution for people that are maybe remote professors or something like that to be able to uh, do lessons and, and studies and that sort of thing on, on a live stream or something like that. 
It seems that you can sell it better than I can. I don't know about that. You're the sales manager, not me. I, I take no for an answer way too easily to be a salesman. But uh, this is some great stuff. How are you finding Amsterdam so far? Whoa, it's, it's really nice. It's too bad it's raining so much. <laughs> Does it rain a lot in Taiwan? Mm, yeah, from time to time. From time to time. But it's a little bit hotter and more comfortable. <laughs> How does it? So you're from Mexico, and I'm from Texas. How does the how does the climate in Taiwan compare to Texas? Humid. <laughs> More humid than like Houston. Um, I would say it's not so hot like Houston. Okay. Because uh, let's say the top temperature in Taiwan would be around 30 to 36 degrees. Uh, I think Houston is a little bit more than that. <laughs> and in winter time, it's not so cold. In winter time, it must be something around 10 degrees down i mean celsius <laughs> no more than that is this your first year at ISE? no this is my third year in ISE. oh wow so you're you're a pro now oh i wish <laughs> this is my first so i'm still i'm still a rookie so i'm still adjusting it's a it's a lot to take in there's a lot of booths and stuff like that so will you mainly stay here or do you get to go browse and kind of see some of the rest of the show well for now we are staying here and we are attending any of the customers who want to come and check out the solution well we'll tell everyone else uh, that listens to our podcast or watches the video to come check you guys out Oh, great. That would be great. Thank you so much. We'll keep you busy. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today. Thank you so much, uh, Tyler. Now we're talking to Chelsea. She's the Director of Sales for Overseas Markets. Is that right, Chelsea? Yes. And you work for Prima Technology, correct? Yes, we are the manufacturer in China. We are, well, company's name is Prima Technology. Okay, and so you have these interactive tables where uh, they are displayed across and they are really good tools for education, right? Yes, you can put it on education or you can put it on library, on a museum, any, any place you like. You can, put, you can use our chargeable, yes. So you could see this being in a school, so kids could sit around the table and the teacher could show them things on the display here on the table. Yes, exactly, because uh, the leg is adjustable, it can be used in, in kindergarten. This one is 65 inch and we also have smaller one, like 43 inch, and you can be put it in, you, eh, you will see like that. I will show you. This leg is adjustable, you will see it. It's done. Yeah, and you can find some interesting software, like this piano software. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, you can, you can yeah, choose another software to write something. Yeah, you can write down something. Yeah, it's very interesting. And we, you can switch to many user interface. Like you, you like to connect to your PC, you can choose HDMI. Then you can connect to the PC by our interactive port. Yes, exactly. It's very conveniently. Yeah, absolutely. So it goes up and down, so you can control the height of it, which is really cool. So say you want to pull tables around it for a meeting, something like that, that could happen. Or you can have it really low for kindergartners or, or for schools, or let's say in a, in a museum, like you mentioned, it can be educational wherever it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and also it's waterproof. You can, yeah, yeah it's, you can put down your water, your coffee. Yeah, it's exactly, you can, it's fine. Yeah. And it won't get damaged either. It's really durable. Yes, uh, actually it's, uh, it's anti scratch yes you can oh yes most level seven yes that's really impressive so yeah. it's a really good tool for collaboration in business because you can plug your PC up using an HDMI cable it's a good creative teaching tool in schools uh, and it's a really cool product here it's shaped like a table and able to move up and down and be used in a lot of different settings yes exactly 
So do you primarily reach out to schools? Is that who your primary client is? Or, or do you go for schools, museums, or just about anybody that is interested in something like this? Yeah, actually you can put in any place you like. Yeah, in a museum, in a classroom, yes, in kindergarten. Yeah, except for these touch tables, we also have some interactive flat panel like that. Yeah, we can do from 43 inch up to 98 inch. We can be, make a very big size of the touch panel. Yeah, you know, in the in future, people, uh, in the teachers, they don't like to use the, the, the chuck because it will cause a dust. Yeah, they would like to use our yeah, annotation software. I just show you, you can, you can write something in the screen. It's very conveniently, yes. Yeah, so you can write something uh, over any application that you have pulled up, so you can actually use the screen as an interactive teaching tool, and that's a really cool aspect of it. Yes, exactly, and you can get a screenshot to save the images, and you can find the images in your USB disk. Yes, very convenient. That's very convenient and very interactive and uh, really preparing people for the next wave of interactive teaching. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. This was fun. Well, first of all, can you tell me your name and what company you work for? My name is Katiela Spitti and I'm working for Fabrimex Systems. Fabrimex Systems, and uh, uh, where are you guys located? We're close to Zurich in Switzerland. Okay, now I, I can't roll my R, so I can't say Graziella quite right. Is that, how close am I? <laughs> Very close. Okay, I'm, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. So tell me a little bit about what you guys have here. And I know HD-based T, am I saying that right, is, is a big thing nowadays. Can you explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old, because I'm new at this. Okay, it's a technology to put different signals onto one cable. So you can send power, video, audio, USB and Ethernet signals over one single cable. Okay, so you have a box here, and is this what you put everything into the box and then it comes out just one cable on the other side? Pretty much. Uh, the box actually is a PC, and inside is a regular PCI Express card that does the transmitting functions. Okay, so what is this useful for? Who finds this useful and who really uses these products on a regular basis? Actually, a lot of people. Everywhere where you have a computer that is away from the screen, being at an industrial production lines, but also for conference rooms, meeting rooms, universities, we have to transmit the speech to a different room. You name it. Now, how long can a cable be that extends out from it? Uh, how much range do you have? Mostly it's 100 meters. There are special modes where you can reach up to 150 meters, but with power transmission, it's about 100 meters. Okay, so it's going from this all the way over to this screen here. I unplugged it. So it's going from this all the way over to this screen here, but that's the only cord that's plugged into this, uh, this monitor now, correct? Correct. So it carries power and everything? Exactly. It's amazing. I learned something today. Yeah, and it's touch, so you can do whatever you want. It'll work. You can also plug in a USB key to the screen. It'll transfer data, no problem. Well, thank you for explaining this to me in such a, an easy way, so I understand. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Can you tell me your name? Uh, my name is Frederick. Frederick, where are you from? Uh, Paris. I'm from Paris. How long does it take to get to Amsterdam from Paris? Uh, two hours and a half by Italy's train. Okay, so you took a train? Yes. Yes, I took the train. Yeah. Now, what are you here at the show looking for? Uh, new products and uh, the trend, the trend of the market in late 
um, indoor and outdoor uh, LED screen. So what have you thought of the show so far? When you walk around, do you like it? Is it good? Yeah, I do. It's amazing every year. It's uh, sparkling everywhere, very bright. It's a really nice place to be, really. And to, uh, let's say, uh, always, always seeing new and fantastic uh, stand. Very nice. When you say trends in the market, uh, what trends have you noticed this year that you've seen? Um, a lot of transparent screen, more than usual, more. And uh, let's say last year was the smallest pixel pitch, sorry. And now it's, it's the, the race uh, for the smallest pitch is, I think, is over. And now they are looking for a technical, um, um, uh, let's say, transparency or things like that. Mm-hmm. Because it adds some functionality and something that is unique that we haven't seen before necessarily because uh, transparency is pretty new. Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it, it's existed for years, but it was not really uh, well known because it was, uh, let's say, advanced market, we can say that, yeah. when you are too, too much in advance in a market. And now the market is ready for this technology because before it was so expensive that no one could afford it. Now it's, it's good for the press. Okay, Frederick, be honest. What's a better city, Paris or Amsterdam? Uh, let's say Amsterdam is, uh, I do appreciate Amsterdam for the metro, the train, and uh, the civic, uh, can you say civic sense of uh, people? This is amazing. For the romantic part, I would say Paris. For the historic and, uh, let's say, comfortable part, I would say Amsterdam. <laughs> uh, where do you like to go and eat here? Paris is famous for food. So, what's good in Amsterdam? Where do you like to go when you're here? Uh, When I'm here, I like to go to uh, the food halle, uh, to the mill, the last mill, there is a beer, um, brasserie below, it's very nice. And I like to go to the market, a flower market as well. I like uh, as well Rembrandt Plain, you know, it's typically, uh, all those places, uh, I do like it. And of course, the trip on the boat to the uh, canal, canal, yeah, it's very good. There you go. That's your travel guide from Frederick from Paris. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us today, Frederick. Thank you very much as well. What's your name? I'm Flo from Alluvision. Hi, Flo from Alluvision. Uh, where do you live? I live in Ghent in Belgium. Okay. Yeah. How far away is that from here? I would say like about three hours away from, from here, yeah. And what do you do for Alluvision? I'm an international sales manager for the Belgian, the Dutch, and the Spanish market. And uh, so that means you travel around a lot, so you see a lot of cities and that sort of thing. What is interesting about Amsterdam? It's different. Yeah. I think that's the, 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 the main part. I like Amsterdam because it's, it has all the, the, like, the little canals and it has the beautiful houses, but also the people are very open. Uh, and that's very different to what Belgian people are like because they're more closed and they're more... Okay. So Dutch people are really open and open to, yeah, to connect and to communicate. So that's what I like about them. When you go to a new city, what's your favorite thing that you like to do first? Like, do you like to go find a good place to eat or find a coffee shop or? I, I would l- like to walk around and see the architecture, like oh, okay. how it looks, uh, all the all the little houses, uh, the, the churches, the beautiful buildings. So that's what I like. And then I will go and have a drink because that's important too. <laughs> that's absolutely important. Get to know the culture better, you know, that's why. Yeah, Yeah, you have to have a beverage if you want to yeah, know the culture. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to walk around, you have to, you have to get, uh, you have to stay hydrated. It. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. So yeah. So you speak. You told me this earlier. You speak five languages. Is that right? 
I do. I do. Can you say uh, just hello in all five languages? Okay. So uh, hello, uh, hallo, um, hallo of Deutsch, um, hola, et bonjour. Bonjour, uh, French. French. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So all, what what are all five of them? Oh, so I speak Dutch. That's my my, my mother tongue, or, or Flemish. That's the same language, and English. A bit, not that way. <laughs> and in French, your English is great. <laughs> Thank you very much. And in French, Spanish, and German. It's incredible. How did you learn all five of those languages? Well, the thing is, is that um, I studied languages, um, and my my two parents also know how to speak a lot of languages. So it's like a gift they have, and they just pass it on to me. So that's a bit the idea. And it also helps you as a salesperson, I would assume, like that you're able to go to different countries and communicate with people in their language. Is that helpful? is very helpful like it's I think it's the main asset like if you're a, if you're a, one a good salesman and then you know the languages you're in like with Spanish people I can I can notice with French people I notice it too like it's, it's just like you talk in their language and they feel like a first connection because you make the effort of talking the other language so they feel like a bit connected already and then afterwards you just go with the flow just go with the flow I get it that's good that's very good so what's the best place to unwind after a long day at ISC where does where do you like to go and how do you relax oh I would I would like like I think we're gonna go to a, a bar tonight like a restaurant and a bar and I, I like just love to sit down take off my shoes and just like sit back have a great pasta or a pizza or something and then drink a, a glass of red wine and then continue because the other like the day after we're gonna we're gonna be here again so it's a lot of hours on your feet, that's for sure. I, I understand the kick off the shoes part of it for sure. Of all the countries you visited, who has the best food? Oh, that's difficult. I must say Italy. Oh, but it's just a cliche answer. Or my mom's food. That's probably the best food. <laughs> that's always a safe answer. You can never go wrong with mom. Yeah, that's why. Well, Flo, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me. No, thank you for uh, interviewing me. <laughs> your English is great. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, can you start off by telling me your name and uh, what you do here? Hi, I'm Gil and I'm the CEO of uh, NoviSign. We came here to present our digital signage software solution. Okay, this is really interesting and I'm really curious to learn more about uh, what you have here in front of us because it looks very interactive. Yes, uh, we believe that digital signage shouldn't be static, just playing a playlist of video and images, and it should be dynamic. By meaning when people are coming near uh, uh, your stand, near the product, and we should adapt what's going on the screen to the people that are standing nearby, and today that's what we are demonstrating here. Okay, so this seems like a really uh, practical application for something like retail or something along those lines. Is that kind of uh, who some of your primary clientele is? Yeah, so we're active in uh, healthcare, education, retail. For this show today, the stand that you see over here is uh, for uh, retail. And uh, we, we, we see how people can interact with the screen and get more information. And at the end of the day, as the retail owner, you can get dashboard with statistics about people interaction and reaction to your uh, product. We believe that what's going on on the online should also go to the offline. In the online world, you know, you know who is your customer, where they're coming from, what ads advertisement they saw, where they click, what they bought, if they came again, and we are bringing it now to the floor of the retail. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it blends the e-commerce side with the physical brick-and-mortar type actual location of a retail. Uh, so it gives people that online experience while still being in the store and still being able to touch and interact with the products. Yes, th th that's correct. 
So show me a little bit about how this works. You have a vase of flowers here um, and uh, some Hershey's Kisses. Show me a little bit more about how, uh, how this product works. Yeah, so uh, I have Hershey's here on the on the stand, and uh, maybe I want to to learn more about the, the Hershey's. Can I eat it? You know how much fat, how much sodium, and what I can do is by clicking my uh, on on the button with my language. For example, if I'm uh, English speaking. I will click on the button and then I will hear more about the Hershey's. So, for example, I see the promotions, buy one and get one uh, free. I know the calories, the fat, the sodium and the sugar. And if somebody now is speaking Spanish, will come and click on the Spanish button. He will see it in uh, Spanish. So everybody get the content that that's belong to him. So the screen adapt to the person and, and the, the retail can know who came. So how many uh, English speaking came, how many uh, Spanish and you can give much more information than you can just give just with a, a static playlist. Yeah, and that's valuable statistical information for retailers to have because then they can tailor advertisements more to certain people or uh, they know who is coming to their business, which is a, a big deal for, for retail outlets and, and for businesses in general. Yeah, uh, exactly. So you can uh, measure and you can improve uh, with the great analytics that you can get there. So, uh, for example, we say scan the, the roses below to learn more about the roses. So we can also measure if we change the creative, would it affect the people more? So you can do A-B a testing with content and then measure. And I can take now the, the red roses, for example, and if I scan the red roses, I will get more information about the red roses. Now I can see what I can do, uh, what type of a bouquet or flower arrangement I can get with the roses. Right, and you're scanning it with an RFID, is that right? Yes, yeah, so uh, we have an RFID reader and we have an RFID tag on the, on the product and people can come and put the product near the scanner and get more information about it. And now you also do kiosks and other uh, products too. Uh, explain a little bit more about those. Yeah, so we have, the, I think, the easiest uh, kiosk. So there are, there are many kiosk software out there, but with NoviSign, it's a cloud-based. So all our software is cloud-based. You have an easy-to-use editor. You build the content, you push it to the cloud, and all the screen get the content. Also, the kiosk get the content uh, from, uh, from our uh, cloud, and uh, it's very easy drag-and-drop to, to create a kiosk, and I will show it to you as well. That sounds really great. Now, you guys flew here from Israel, is that right? Yeah, so uh, we are from Tel Aviv, from Israel. Uh, we are coming here every year to ISE. It's a very good show for us uh, in uh, Europe. Uh, we have a team of uh, software developers. In general, we are good in software. We sell software. So you see the solution here. We build a software platform to enable you to create and broadcast the information to the screen. Now, uh, how many years have you been coming to ISE? Uh, I think this is our uh, fourth or fifth years that we are coming. That's fantastic. Now, do you enjoy Amsterdam in general, just as a city? Yes, uh, we enjoy Amsterdam. You know, we have our routine, our restaurants. We already come here for a few years. It just needs to be a little warmer, uh, and then everything will be perfect. A little bit warmer, for sure. Coming from Tel Aviv, I bet it's a little chilly, a little bit kind of gray and, and a little too rainy here, probably. But what's your favorite spot, you know, when you guys have, you said you have your, you know, you, this, the places you like to go. What's, uh, what's your favorite place? Yeah, so we have the Indonesian food that we are going one night, and then we have the, the there was a nice uh, Mexican fusion restaurant here, and uh, we like the beer, Heineken, and other uh, uh, Amstel beers here. Very nice. Now, are there uh, Israeli beers? 
Uh, yes, uh, there is a lot of uh, Israeli beer. We, have a, uh, we used to have a gold star in Maccabi, it was like the leading uh, two beers. But today, in the last five years, there is a trend that a lot of small uh, breweries that make their own uh, beers. And uh, we have a nice uh, small uh, brewery that is making nice beers as well. You should come and, and try it. I would love to come to Tel Aviv someday. That would, be a, that would be a great trip. If you had to choose Dutch beers or Israeli beers, which one are you going to choose? Uh, you need to mix them, all of them. <laughs> all of them. That's a great answer. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us and explaining your product today. I really appreciate it. It was a good time. Thank you. Great. All right, y'all. Today's podcast was a doozy. So much content to unpack. Honestly, I recommend giving this one a second listen if you want to try and absorb a little bit more of what everyone said, especially what Mike Blackman and Tim were talking about. Getting a feel from two of those big influencers in AV, someone who not only organizes the show, but then someone who has lived in AV media for years and has really pioneered a lot of the best content to come out of the AV industry. I think they deserve a second listen. I hope all of you have been enjoying our ISE 2019 content. You should give Tyler a shout out because he has been doing all the heavy lifting. He's really killing it out there and deserves some love. And these podcasts aren't the only thing we're pumping out of ISE. We've got some great video content on the way too. So you should go to marketscale.com slash industries slash pro AV, or you can just Google marketscale pro AV and you'll find a plethora of other ISE content. We'll definitely be letting you know when that comes out. And if you want to listen to previous episodes of the pro AV podcast or absorb some of our other content, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and videos from your favorite industries, not just pro AV. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. 